Let's get out our Bibles or our Bible apps on our phone and uh, turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 4. If you're new to church and new to the Bible, Genesis is the very first book in the Bible, and you'll want to see these things for yourself. I do not seek to uh, teach or express my own thoughts and opinions. Um, If I am, if I know I am, I'll tell you this is what I think. Uh, and sometimes I do that. But as a general rule, I'm seeking to convey the Word of God, elaborate on the truth of God's Word, and that's what's going to make us free. I've been teaching a series called Dedicate, and it had its root in the offering that the Macedonian churches were sending to Jerusalem. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Let me remind you of verse 5. Uh, they even did more than we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. So we see here a good model, a good pattern. If you're gonna dedicate something to the Lord, start with yourself, right? That's really what he wants. Uh, He doesn't have a whole lot of need. God doesn't for my stuff, but he wants me. He wants you. And part of the way that we then do give ourselves to the Lord is we take what is important and valuable to us and offer it to him, okay? And and so uh, this series now called Dedicate, um, many of us have already concluded that we are going to be among those who give to God. We give our, our lives, our, we dedicate our bodies to him, we give him our time, we give him our money. We, the kingdom of God is important to us. Eternity is constantly within us. It's on our minds. We think about forever a lot. Because of this, um, we have committed ourselves to being generous, to be like our God to be generous because of the the outcome that it produces in helping others and others to come into the kingdom, all right? So that's the group I'm talking to. I realize there there may be those who are not there yet. And uh, and so if that's you and you're listening to this, I am not trying to get your money. (laughs) I'm not trying to convince you to give anything, okay? Especially not to me, ever. All right, I'm not trying to convince you to give anything or do anything. I'm talking to those who are all, have already crossed that line. We've already decided this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be this. I'm going to participate in this whole uh, you know, giving concept of dedicating our lives, our stuff, our things to the Lord for his holy purposes. And so then, because we're there, I want to make sure we're doing it right. I want to make sure I'm doing it right first. Uh, and then I want to, you know, give you biblical examples so you can do it right. I mean, here, here's what I'm saying. If you're already going to do it, you might as well do it in a way that works. Well, what do you mean in a way that works? Well, where well, we know it's God's will, where we know we're doing it the way he wants us to do it. And there, therefore, not only is he happy about it, is he accepting of it, but we also gain the benefits. How I many know whenever you obey God, it helps you too? Yeah, your, your life is better off. My life is better off when I'm doing what God wants me to do. He's just really smart. (laughs) And following his plan, doing his will, following his guidance is one of the smartest things any of us can do in our lives. When it comes to making a dedication of something, um, if I'll do it with his perspective and his mentality, it's gonna be a, 
a blessing to me again and again and again. Amen. Amen. And so whenever we take something natural and, and dedicate it to the Lord's, to God and his purposes, it becomes something significant. It takes on a greater significance. It becomes sanctified, holy. It is set apart for his usage. Now it's more than what it was before. And that's what we're seeking to do, to take a portion of what he has allotted to us and use it for holy things, use it for eternal matters. Use it, you know, in, in large part, we hope that it ends up helping someone else to be in heaven. That when we're, because someone did that for me, someone did that for many of us. Here, they gave something they did in their life resulted in us being saved. So I want to do that for other people too. Praise God. And so uh, what I started to share with you last week is the method in which we do these things should be, uh, have some principles that govern them. We said to you already, number one, that if we give, we should give with no strings attached, all right? We find that when there are attachments to it, um, that it's not truly a gift, not the, in the purest sense of the word give, uh, if I'm expecting something back from you, I didn't really give it to you. I bought what I'm expecting, yeah. right? And I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to confuse. I, if I want to buy something from you, you want to buy something from me, let's make a deal and let's get her done, right? But if we're not making a trade or a purchase, then let's remove all expectations of what you ought to do with what I gave you, right? So giving is giving, buying is buying, loaning is loaning, but when we're talking about giving to the Lord, uh, we need to understand that and make sure it is truly and genuinely a gift. Hallelujah. And then number two is we said, uh, well, this is the service last week that you got the mini message. So you didn't even get that whole message. Uh, but we said we need to give our best. Giving, if I'm gonna dedicate something to the Lord, what it is must be my best. This is what makes it important and valuable to him. And we read, I think we read, in Genesis chapter four last week, we wanna read that again so we could uh, give you the difference between Cain and Abel's offerings. Genesis four, verse one. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. She bore again, then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. How many know it says Cain brought an offering? It doesn't say he didn't bring an offering. He brought an offering. Cain was not a non-giver, Cain was a giver. Okay, and then verse four, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell, so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. 
So we got an offering and a murder, right? In the same few verses, the first example we have of both. And it seems today people still like to get really upset over offerings. It is one of the things that gets under people's skin. There they go again, receiving another offering. (laughs) And if you are Cain-esque, then you likely want to hit someone. (laughs) It kind of bothers you. But what we want to look at this a little bit, Abel's offering was representative of a right heart, whereas Cain's offering was was revealing a, a wrong heart. In other words, God said to Cain, if you do well, will you not be accepted? In other words, you are not doing well. You're not doing this right, okay? This is very interesting to me that, uh, okay, this is very interesting to me that Cain gave and it wasn't accepted, I mean, if any of us are givers, that makes me think, what, that's possible? If God was the same yesterday, today, and forever, and back then, two people gave an offering and one of them he didn't like. One of them he said, you could keep that. I don't like that. I don't receive that. That one, that's nice. I like that. I receive that. If he did that then, I would have to conclude that that's possible that could happen today. In other words, we're not comparing givers and non-givers. We're comparing givers and givers. Cain gave an offering, and God didn't like it. (laughs) Yikes. Lord, I was thinking of not even giving today, and now I find out that you might not even like my offering. (laughs) I think I'm going to hold off. (laughs) I think I'm going to keep this one. But that's real. Sometimes... We could, I could potentially offer something to the Lord and he not like it and he not want it. And so if, if, if that's the case, now understand, it's not that God didn't like the fruit of the ground. He's the one that created the fruit of the ground. He's the one that made the earth. The, the ability for food to grow, for the, the sheep and all that stuff too, God created all this. So it wasn't like Cain's offering or or the substance of it was inherently displeasing to God. No, God liked that stuff. He created it. He put it in the earth and Cain brought some of it and he didn't want it. What? It, It almost seems on its face like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Did Cain know his offering was inferior? I suspect that he probably did, but even if he didn't initially, the Lord told him. He didn't leave him just in in limbo there, not understanding, because the Lord told him, if you do well, in other words, Cain, you can fix this. You did it wrong. I just suspect by just natural relationship that if you're saying that, that the person you're telling knows that they did it wrong and they know what's necessary to fix it but he wouldn't do that. He said, if you do well, you'll be accepted. We can make this right. You can do this. And Cain, instead of saying, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't do that right. I didn't do that the way I knew I should have done it. And and, uh, and I'm going to make this right. Instead, he got angry. And the Lord said, sin's at your door. 
And how many know he opened that door? He opened that door, sin came in, and he killed his brother over, over the offering. Yeah? If we ever find ourselves getting really upset about things like this, just go back to the scriptures and find out who is always having trouble in this area. You got your Cains, you got your Judases, right? You got, you got people that we don't want anything to do with. We don't want to be like them at all, and they're the ones. So we can locate our own emotions and our own reactions to things by who did right. I want to be like Abel, okay? And uh, if you would, uh, turn with me to the book of Hebrews, then, on the opposite side of your Bible, Hebrews chapter 11, we want to read a verse here that gives us a new covenant reflection or a looking back on Cain and Abel. And in Hebrews chapter 11, we can read here in verse 4, Hebrews eleven four. by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous and God testifying of his gifts. And though it being dead, and through it, be, and through it he being dead, still speaks. So, Abel brought this really good sacrifice to the Lord. What was so good about it? Hebrews, again, it, re, it reads, it was more excellent. His was a more excellent. So God likes excellent offerings. Not only excellent, but more excellent. So there's a less excellent. There's a more excellent. God wants the good one. We could say, if we have something that's less excellent and something that's more excellent, which one should we give to the Lord? If you're going to give, give the good one. Now what? Why? What, is, what does God care? What is the difference between the lesser and the greater? It's not like he needs it. It's not like he's going to park, park it in his garage. It's, what does it mean to him? Listen, it means something to him when it means something to us. What Abel did is he brought, as it says here, the, um, he brought the firstborn of his flock. Let me, let me see. Well, that's in... in in Genesis there. He, Hebrew says a more excellent sacrifice. Uh, he brought the firstborn of his flock. Those words are in there for a reason. Firstborn is different than secondborn, thirdborn. First is different than second. First is definitely different than last. Think about it from now, you ha we have to see this through the eyes of, of the Lord. If I have $10, I have 10 ones, is there a difference between the first one and the 10th one? Now, spending-wise, no. They spend the same. Value to me, they of equal value as far as what I can do with, they're all the same. Any one of those dollars is the same. What's, what's the difference? Well, again, think about it with God. He didn't care about U.S. dollars anyway. 
not from his personal usage standpoint. They're no, they're no different to him. And even if it's for his kingdom work down here, you say, well, God uses it in the earth. For sure he does. They spend the same. What's the difference? Cain and Abel. One's a Cain offering, one's an Abel offering. Which one, which one did Cain give? Cain gave the 10th one. Abel gave the first one. Now, say, are you sure that's the way it happened? We're not talking about dollars. We're talking about he gave his crop. But, but Cain's offering, there's no mention of the quality of it. And God called him out on it. Abel's offering, there is specific mention of the, him given the first. The first, the best of his flock. And Cain's offering, nothing mentioned. He just brought some. Does that mean anything to the Lord? It means something to him because it means something to us. Listen to, let me see, uh, Genesis 4.4 from the New Living. It reads, Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs of his flock. Think about what he did. He brought the best portions of the firstborn. This is a mentality that gives honor to God. This is different than leftovers. Is, what's the difference in the first and the, and it's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of honor. And this is, listen, a lot of us are tempted to do this. Give our leftovers. If I have anything left, if there's anything extra, if it's not going to impede on my lifestyle or something I want, then I'll give. And that dishonors God. Because listen, we're, we're talking about givers, not non-givers. Cain was a giver. His gift dishonored the Lord. Our gifts could dishonor the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Think about what, what would have made sense economically, you know, as a, as a shepherd of sheep. Abel's got his, his flock, and some of them, I, they've got to be better than other ones, Right? Some are better. I mean, when I was in the dairy business growing up, we had some cows that gave more milk than other cows. Some cows were nicer than other ones. <laughs> but it was all about production. Some of them, you just had better cows than others. Okay? In the sheep business, I've never been in that business, but I would guess some sheep kind of look funny. Some sheep uh, might have been you know, not your favorites, or maybe they limped around. Maybe some of them were more aged. They're about to die anyway. Some of them you could bring down to the auction and get top dollar for. Some of them you'll use for breeding for others to produce greater flocks in the future, right? All that said, if you're gonna give an offering and, and, and they're kind of set their sacrifice, the thing's gonna die, if I'm looking at my, my flock, I'm thinking, this one's going to die anyway. I should probably use him. This one limps, always lagging behind as we're going to the nice pastures. I always have to go get that one. I'm, sacrifi I'm sacrificing that one with joy. <laughs> if you're thinking that way, I mean, this one's not worth anything or this one's going to die anyway. Give it to the Lord and what does he care? What difference does it make to the God of the universe who creates all? 
And if we're thinking from an earthly perspective, we would do that. But Abel had a different mentality. He knew this is a relationship. This is an honor issue. This is a heart thing with God. No, the sheep by itself is not valuable to him, but that sheep is valuable to me. That's the one I like. That's the one I let come into the kitchen. <laughs> right? That's the one that's precious, that's valuable, it's worth more money. It's, I'm gonna, here's the idea, here's an idea. I'm gonna sacrifice that one to the Lord. That one cost him something. That one was his precious one. And he gives that to the Lord and the Lord accepted it, was honored by it and it set his offering apart from Cain's. Amen. David had a situation when he was bringing a sacrifice to the Lord one time. And there was this guy's place there that he was going to and the guy offered him to give him the whole place and to provide all the necessary uh, you know, needs for the sacrifice. And David stopped him and he said, absolutely not. This is in 1 Chronicles 21, 24. He said, he said, for I will not take what is yours for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings which, uh, with that which cost me nothing. Think about his attitude. Does the offering mean something to God? It means something because it cost him. Did you know the Lord was like that? That when we do something that costs us personally, he takes it as worship. He accepts it. He receives it. If it doesn't matter to us, it doesn't matter to him. And if we're thinking through human perspective, we're thinking this doesn't matter to God. No matter what I do, none of this matters to the Lord. That's so wrong. It totally matters to him when it matters to me. When it's special, precious, firstborn, valuable, important, I like it, I'm giving it to him. It means something. How many know, there's so many things that we can do. How many know coming to church today, imagine in a crowd like this, someone didn't really feel like it. You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> if you didn't want to, you didn't feel like it, you'd rap, but you came anyway, that's special to him. That's precious to him. Why? Because you had to, inconvenience yourself. You had to deny your flesh. You had to get out of the bed or whatever. You had to do something. And you, you said, why are you doing this? Does it really matter to the Lord? I mean, he's everywhere. He's in my home. He's in my bed. He <laughs> but you did something because it meant something to you. He meant something. And it was more than what you could see in a personal benefit. It was for the Lord's purposes. And he receives that. Well, I'll go if I get time. I mean, I try to swing over there and get in there a couple times a month. And you sound like Cain. Did you pray before you came to church? <laughs> Just to see if the Lord would say something to you. <laughs> I don't want to do Cain offerings. I don't want to do Cain church goings. I don't want to do Cain prayers. Hallelujah. You know, we could do like Cain. Remember, Cain got angry. Instead of getting humble, he let his pride get in. Maybe it's competition with his brother. Maybe it's, you know, one of these things. But Cain could have re-offered. 
But instead he had, well, that's my offering, take it or leave it. That's the best I can do. You shouldn't judge my offering anyway. Maybe he, maybe he was one of these that, that would say, you know, it, it actually doesn't really matter how much you give. <laughs> um, actually, it does. No, it doesn't matter how much you give, as long as we give. That's, that's wrong. That's earthly thinking. Now, it doesn't matter how much I give compared to how much you give. You are, and I are irrelevant horizontally. The Lord is not comparing us one to another. It matters what my offering to him means to me, what your offering to him means to you. If you are sacrificing something that is valuable to you, it comes up before the throne of God as a sweet-smelling savor. But if it's take it or leave it, or I don't care about this anyway, I guess I'll go ahead and give it, you might as well keep it. But when it's valuable to me, it's a matter of honor. Praise God. Cain's, or Abel's offering, according to Hebrews, is still preaching today. Yeah. It's still preaching. God's using his offering. That's a pretty cool offering. I think he's glad he gave it. He made that sacrifice of the firstborn of his flock. Because all these thousands of years later, his, we're still talking about his offering. I'm talking about it like right now his offering and seeing it as a model for how I should approach the Lord and honor him. And so I don't want to fall into the trap of seeing what, he, what Cain did in a good light at all. I'm not going to feel bad for him. I'm not going to think, well, the Lord shouldn't have been so picky. No, he should have been. In fact, this is, this is one of those things where we always want to stay on the Lord's side. Even if we don't understand, we stay on God's side until we understand because we have to view this not as just unfortunate, what a, what a bad situation, but as evil, okay? That's when it'll, it'll affect us. When I say evil, I'm getting that from the scriptures. 1 John 3, 12, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brother's righteous. Well, what work in particular? One of those was his sacrifice, was his offering to the Lord, was an evil offering. I didn't know there could be an evil offering. Cain gave one. It wasn't the best thing he could do. It wasn't a small thing because after all, it's just, it's just you know, part of his crop. Doesn't make a difference. No, it, it was evil. What would the average person say today if you, if you asked them if bringing an insignificant offering was evil? I think we might think, well, no, I mean, it might not be the greatest, but I wouldn't call it evil. <laughs> well, the Lord called it evil. The Lord called what, what Cain did evil. And so, again, here, here's, the, here's the thing. We're talking about how to do this. I'm not trying to convince anyone to do it. But if you're going to do this, uh, a significant condition for offering or dedicating something to the Lord is that we do so with honor. What made Abel's offering acceptable was that he did something that honored the Lord. Why did it honor the Lord? Because he did something that was valuable to him. You can see through the scriptures that we've got 
the widow who gave the two mites, it was worth almost nothing, earthly value. But to God, it was received as precious and holy. Then we see the Mary who gave the uh, uh, oil of spikenard worth a year's wages, uh, poured that out on Jesus' feet. Jesus received it. Judas said, what a waste. What a waste. Judas didn't view the Lord as valuable enough to have that level or that expensive of a gift poured out on him. Judas was the one who betrayed Jesus shortly thereafter for 30 pieces of silver. Judas is the one who killed himself shortly after that. That's a Judas offering. That's a Cain offering. Hallelujah. And so we can see this, um, this principle um, throughout the scripture. Um, am I saying, do I think the scripture is saying that giving of our best is like synonymous with giving everything? I don't believe that. I, I don't believe, because you could, you could deduce from this and say, well, if I give the Lord my best, that means I have to empty out my bank account. No, you don't. And that's not typically what the Lord wants people to do. We have one example of that in scripture, but that's not typically what he wants people to do because that'll be your last offering. <laughs> or at least for a while. I mean, if the Lord told you to do it, he'd multiply it back quick enough and you'd be blessed more than ever. But if he didn't tell you that, why would you do that? That's not what we're talking about. Uh, and, uh, you know, <laughs> even, in the, even in the scripture, like in the book of Acts, beginning of the book of Acts, we read about how they were all selling their land and then bringing it to the church and they were spreading the, spreading the money around for those who had need. Uh, that was a wonderful, generous time that they were having in the church. But those things aren't written telling us to do the same. It was written as, a, as an illustration of what they did, not a commandment for what we should do. Generally speaking, you know God doesn't want people to sell all their, their land and give it to the church? God doesn't want... I really mean this. I believe this. You can judge it for yourself. He doesn't want you to sell your house and give the money to, to the kingdom as a general rule. If he tells you to, you obey him. It's your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not getting involved with that. I would never tell someone to do that. Right. And I don't think the Lord usually wants people to do that because the end result is, ever, is people would be poor. The church would be powerless if we didn't own properties and have influence in this world. He, that's why the, the, when the Lord moves on us, he moves on us to give a portion to him. And then he takes that and multiplies it back. The end result is his people get richer. I know in the church world today, some people don't like the word rich, but it's all over the Bible. It really is. But God wants to make his people richer. In other words, blessed to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. All right? But when I'm analyzing what I'm doing for the Lord, this is just a, a real condition of an offering, a, a dedication that pleases him and that will benefit me in the long run as well is I look at what I want to do and I say, is this my worst sheep? Is this my best sheep? Is this something I don't care about? I, is, or is this something that really, this is valuable to me? And when I can worship the Lord with what is valuable, it's accepted, it's received, and if the Lord receives it, come on, then it's multiplied and it's used for his kingdom and it's given back to us. 
Those are the rules of the kingdom that Jesus taught. Praise God. Amen. Father, thank you for what you're doing in here today, showing us your right ways, your righteous ways of doing. Thanks for joining us for the message today. I trust it has been a blessing and a help to your life. You know, the most important thing we could ever do is to receive salvation, to receive eternal life. You know, Jesus died for our sins. He paid the price and it's available to every single one of us. Would you like to pray today? Say it from your heart. Say it out loud. Dear God in heaven, I believe in you. I repent of my sins. I believe that Jesus died for me on the cross. He suffered in my place. He died so I could live. He was raised from the dead and he's alive today. I receive him now as my savior. I confess Jesus is Lord. Listen, friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today, congratulations, you're in, you're saved, you're right with God. I would love to hear from you so we can send you some additional material to help you in your walk and relationship with God. Please text the word SAVED to 208-314-2660. Also, I'd like to invite you to join us for a live service this coming Sunday, and you are more than welcome to be here. Visit our website at lcboise.com for all of the current service times. Thanks again for joining us today. God bless you.